Welcome, everybody, back to the Clear Out Podcast with your host, Matt Brooks. I am joined by Mike Scotto of Hoops Hype. How you doing today? Matt, pleasure, brother. I love the, the Clear Out title for this podcast. That's that's what I like to think we're doing. You know, I, I think of like Mike Woodson clearing it out for Melo the year. He was top three MVP, and he's just like, you know, clear it out for Melo. I like the ball when it's in Melo's hands. Good things happen. I swear he said that in a podcast. We were all uh, not in a podcast in a pregame once. We were all rolling. It's um, pretty. That's it's what pretty we're good. Because this year, a lot of the Nets' offense is just like, let's get out of the way and let uh, Kevin Durant do things. So it's 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 worked even better than I ever could have expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely, uh, you know, you thought Joe Jesus was the savior, but sometimes, right. like, they'll literally put four guys on one side of the court, like it's yep. Rucker Park or the Jordan Brand High School All-American game and, you know, clear it out for him. And he's just like, elbow, bang. Yep. Uh, we don't have bing bong here, but we have bang. You know, we, we just, <laughs> we, can, we do a little bit of that too. Well, I think this is a great segue because the reason there is so much clearing out is because of none other than Kyrie Irving and James Harden, who has been a little bit slow to get going. But a big part of it is that Kyrie Irving is still not here. And um, you you just put out an article today. Uh, it's titled NBA Execs on Kyrie Irving's Trade Value. So first off, I, I, I wanted to kind of ask you, like, was there anything in this article that, that you got, maybe it was something from an exec that you weren't, able to to put in the article or anything that you got that you thought was interesting input but just didn't make the final cut yeah you know what man that's a very interesting question to answer that yes um so one thing at hoopsite with our policy is um over time we've kind of been like uh if someone says something about a player's uh character let's say and it's uh off the record we, we don't want anybody trashing someone's character off the record um, so, you know, Kyrie is certainly a polarizing figure in the league to, to certain executives. And there was one quote that didn't make it. Um, personally, I, I think if you asked other executives and my editor and myself and even people, uh, other people around the league, if they agreed with the quote, they would say, yeah, but we just felt like it was a little uh, too harsh. So, I mean, we kind of let that one not make the cut, but, mm. um, you know, I, I would say that I thought I, I'll say this after I put it out, I did get some texts from people around the league about it. Um, even some former executives. And I was, I was pleased to see that people appreciated the reporting in it and, and they thought it was fair. And that's all I try to do. You know, I try right. to paint the picture on both sides um, from every way possible and kind of let them tell the story, you know, uh, what the executives think. Because ultimately, if, if there is going to be someone that trades for Kyrie Irving, uh, it's going to have to be one of these people. Now, did I pull all 30 executives? No. But seven of them is a decent batch to to kind of get a grasp here of what his market value was. And, and it seemed pretty much in alignment for uh, all of them. 
Yeah, I mean, I this quote, and I, this was it got pulled, I think, from a bunch of different articles kind of across. I know Nets Daily put it up, which is the place, of course, I do my writing and video and everything else, um, was the, for the most part, I'm just reading it word for word, for the most part, every front office and coaching staff is scared to death of him and doesn't want to touch him. Um, that's pretty harsh wording in terms of, like, what the Nets' flexibility is. Um so do you kind of feel like that's where this is headed? Like the Nets are ultimately going to have no other choice but just to wait this out? Well, I just think unless they want to sell for like 25 or 50 cents on the dollar, and I don't think they want to do that, certainly with a guy like Kyrie Irving, who uh, is one of the most talented players, uh, you know, out there. Um, so for me, that is where it becomes kind of interesting. Now, do I think teams would offer the net stuff? Yeah. I just, I just don't think it's enough. You know, one of the right. trades that uh, I think it was three of the execs out of those poll, you know, they were like, well, maybe the Kyrie for Ben Simmons trade would make sense. And it's like, uh, it could in the sense that like Kyrie would be geographically close to New Jersey uh, where he's got his family ties and he'd be a great fit with that team and, and Joel Embiid and provide the, the floor spacing that they've desperately lacked as opposed to Ben Simmons, um, who at times, you know, respectfully couldn't have water if he fell out of a boat. Yeah. So you've then got the next side of it. They would get a defender and a guy who can guard one through five, but does not fit with James Harden, nor does fit with Kevin Durant because he needs the ball to succeed, you know, and talking with a lot of execs, we kind of joke that Ben Simmons is the six foot 10 version of Rajon Rondo right. uh, with the ball in his hands. He's not a guy that's going to shoot the ball well, and, and he needs shooters around him to be successful and he needs to have a high usage with the ball in his hands. He's not going to be a pick and roll guy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it's from a fit aspect, it's tough. You know, one guy, uh, suggested to me and this didn't make the article but one guy suggested to me hey what about russell westbrook for the lakers down the line and i was like you know because his his thought was one lebron and Kyrie had their little tiff but they also won together and Kyrie would be better than what russell westbrook has been like fitting a square peg into a round hole with the Los Angeles Lakers. It has not worked. Yeah. Similarly to my, my point on Ben Simmons, you know, Russell Westbrook needs the ball in his hands. He is not a guy that can play off the ball. He's not a knockdown shooter. And that's never been his game. Um, and, and LeBron off the ball is that's not what he does either. So then, and the other thing was like Kyrie going LA, they have kind of a similar vaccination policies in New York. So wouldn't, yep. it, that's why it didn't make the cut. But, it, you know, that was that was prefaced on if they ever changed that mandate in L.A. So, yeah, I mean, the market, you know, it, it would need to be a team that's a title contender that's or a team that's in deep playoff contention that thinks that getting Kyrie would put them over the proverbial hump or an executive that is needing to make a splash. You know, that that was the kind of the consensus. And I don't think that's out there right now. And the later you get towards the deadline, there are going to be more players that are out there in teams, you know, considering selling. We saw last year with the Orlando Magic, for example. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my big ones. I've thought about like everything I've thought about. Could there be a move that would send him? Because my initial thought was, how about if he went to Florida or Texas? Because I feel 
um, pretty good about the uh, man. There not really being a mandate in either of those two states. So, what would that look like if you went to one of those teams? Could you go to San Antonio? That would be cobbling together a bunch of of their younger players. But I'm not sure why the Spurs would do that. The Mavericks is kind of interesting in a way. Like, could there be a Porzingis Kyrie trade? Is that in the realm of possibilities? That and that's actually probably the one I settle on the most. The only other one I was able to think of was. Uh, like something that would involve John Wall coming to Brooklyn um, just to make salaries match. But then it's like, why Why would Houston do that? They're at the beginning of a rebuild. So it'd need to be a three-team deal. And then we're just kind of, you know, it's hard to make three-team three, three team deals happen. So they're pretty limited right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. And I mean, what was the one before John Wall, you said? There was John one Wall, trade. Uh, Christoph Porzingis. Yeah, I mean, well, that would be... Uh, That'd be pretty fun. Something. That'd be something. Um, I don't hate that one because the Nets kind of want. Oh man, but that is so like it's bizarre. <laughs> no, I mean that would be a great move for the Mavericks. I think honestly, yeah. Um, because you know you him and Luca in the backcourt would be sensational, and yep. I do think they could play off each other. I just don't think for the Nets, um, that that. I, I don't know. I he hasn't looked KP. right this year, but he, he hasn't, but you know, I mean, that, that's interesting. I've, I, you know, every once in a while I've seen it over the years, you know, Sean Marks and Giannis Porzingis have some chats on the side, you know, just, you know, catching up like any exec and people do and agents do across the league. But boy, that would have been something. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Cause the nets, like they have a lot of things. They don't really have a role guy right now. Like somebody that can make Harden really, you know, really, really give all his stuff as a pick and roll guy. So, I think Porzingis could offer that. I'm just worried about like defensively what it looks like. Uh, his health is like the probably the first thing I should have said. So that's another thing. It's like for the Nets, this is such a uh, precarious season. And you you even mentioned in your article, you said that you know they they don't want to piss this away. Uh, the Nets don't. That's what execs were saying. And I think for the Nets, bringing in a guy like Porzingis, who yeah, we know what the talent could be, but. Um, the health risk is just like too substantial. He just hasn't looked good this year. Yeah, no, and you know, for KP, I it's kind of crazy, man. This is a guy that you know when the Knicks kind of let him go, and then they made that trade. Um, you know, they used that money to help get like Julius Randle, and then ultimately, you know, you look at the Knicks and you wonder how much that affected their pursuit of Kevin Durant and Kyrie at the time. And I, I really would have wondered what that trio would have looked like together uh in new york but you know they're they're all you know they're good they're on that that side talk nyc twitter account you know that that, yeah. that video had me <laughs> dying the guy like the guy who was like katie how do you feel about not coming to the knicks like, <laughs> like that guy had me in tears like all of them and and then, and then the one guy who was like Woo! and he had the l up for the boss yeah was like that that was tremendous. But, or he's doing yeah. like the the Fortnite dance. Yeah, these are, yeah, I need yeah, one yeah. of those like every three days because like it's impossible to be in a bad mood after one of those. Exactly. After watching one of those, <laughs> so it's kind of funny how it worked out ultimately. And you know, for KP, I mean, you would think with Dallas and Luca, like that would be it. If it's not, like at some point, he's gonna have to look in the mirror um, himself. But yeah, regarding Kyrie, you know, uh, Matt, I. I, I really think, you know, there was some like very cautious optimism that when mayoral elect Eric Adams 
got the position that maybe they would revisit it. And then this guy was just like, Nope, not yeah. happening. So that, that put the kibosh on that quick. And it's like, all right, well, this guy's going to sit out a year now of his prime, Kevin Durant and James Harden's primes and arguably, you know, what you would think would be one of Brooklyn's best chances to win. Now, Matt, you touched on something earlier about James Harden um, a little bit when we started how, mm. you know, he's kind of had a slow start. You know, some execs were saying to me that, you know, the reason it worked last year when one of those three was out uh, and, you know, Kyrie was missing for a little bit there um, was that James Harden was playing like one of the top three players in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been a little out of shape. He's, he struggled with his shooting. Um at the end of the day, they need Kyrie now more than I think they thought they would. And, you know, James Harden, you know, nobody really talked about this, but James Harden came to the Nets with a lot of miles on those legs, um, having to score 30-plus points for Houston. And he's kind of evolved into more of a passer than ever before. And I I just think that if he continues that way, like they're – it can't be that way. He needs to be almost like Rockets Harden now without Kyrie. Yeah. Because they're not getting that much of a scoring output elsewhere. You know, Patty Mills and LaMarcus Aldridge have been great off the bench, but, you know, and also like Matt, and I touched on this at the very end of the article, you've got Kevin Durant who's had a major foot injury and surgery and you, he's had an Achilles tear. And you've got James Harden with a hamstring is always concerning to me. Look at Julio Jones, for example, on the Titans, how he's had Mm. chronic hamstring problems and has not been able to get over that. That's not a bone that breaks and then is put in a cast and a fixed, you know, a hamstring, you've got ligaments. It's a different type of recovery and that can go off at any time. So I, I, I think there needs to be some, pause if you're the nets here and really evaluate what you're going to do because if the mandate doesn't change and you're without Kyrie for the rest of the year um you know one of the execs said it too they're in the scrum they're not a title contender favorite and i agree mm-hmm. with that i don't think they play good enough defense for that to be honest it's been the offense i haven't liked so far believe it or not the defense has been ahead of the offense which has been bizarre so far which which that's that's scary hours you know yeah some would say that that's that's scary I, yeah because yeah you're banking on that offense being elite and like if Mark if Lamarcus Aldridge hasn't turned back the clock uh, I'd be even a little bit more concerned you got to worry about that you know Blake Griffin has not been as good as he was at the end of last season and you know, Patty Mills was a guy I looked at as a six man of the year candidate but um, it. It, it, it's it's been a little up and down and even the wins they've gotten lately you know they're against bad teams i don't right. i don't count like beating the pistons as anything i'm gonna hang my hat on i'm not yeah they have a real test next week against golden state um and i, I want to i i it's funny when you were talking about harden and and they need Kyrie. it's really funny because they brought harden in as the Kyrie insurance and now i feel like those roles have flipped where Kyrie is the Harden insurance, because we just don't know what's going to happen with Harden. He's had spurts where, where he's looked really good uh, against point. Toronto. It, it, he looked really solid, but he's a bigger guard. Uh, he has not been able to have, like, in back-to-back so far. Again, he's coming back. He's trying to, I mean, he didn't, you know, um, he wasn't able to work out too much in the offseason. So 
It's not mm. necessarily surprising, but in back-to-backs, it's like you you kind of don't know what you're get, going to get on both nights. And this back-to-back the Nets just had this week, uh, you know, from the Toronto to Chicago, um, you really felt it in the second game that Harden just couldn't couldn't keep it together for the entire game. Like he just couldn't carry that three. Looked good in the first half. Second half, really couldn't offer too much. And it was KD. It's funny that we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, uh, it was KD, you know, getting a clear out for an entire second half. So it's funny how this thing has changed and how the, the just the dynamics of not only having a max level player just straight up not play, but also having your second max level player go through we'll call it a difficult stretch. I don't know what's going to happen from it, but it's definitely been a difficult stretch and they're still winning. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, you, you really made a good point. The roles flip between Harden and Kyrie where Kyrie's like the insurance and like uh, for Harden, and, uh, but it, it, it's not, it's, it's like the worst insurance. It's not, yeah. <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's not all state or Geico, but it's like the bootleg yeah. insurance you get. Like, I, I don't know. Um, it really doesn't cover anything. Cause I won't, he's, he's I won't drop any names in case we have a we have a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, I to me, um, I it's really disappointing to me the whole situation. I'll be honest with you, because like if if you're a Nets uh, viewer or you're a Nets executive, any anything around the Nets, man, even the people that probably cover this team on a day to day basis, and you know, I'm obviously around there enough even though i don't i I cover the league nationally now Mm -hmm. more so but you know that 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 could have been something really special and to see it get kind of demolished like that i I always say even when like okc thunder made their run years ago and people thought like oh they're gonna be back and they're gonna be fine and not it doesn't work like that it it never does even with the the celtics the one once you know people think that like you're guaranteed everything you're not. The Warriors were lucky they went on the run that they did, and they got KD. That yeah. run, that dynasty was going to be done earlier before they got KD. So, you know, it, it, when you look at the the Nets, it's like, you know, Matt. I, in another in another world, uh, if Kyrie doesn't go on on and hurt his ankle on stepping on Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Harden doesn't hurt his hamstring. The Nets win that series. Mike Budenholzer gets fired and gets replaced by Rick Carlisle, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then the, the league is different. Um, so, you know, and even now, like coming into the year, if you thought Kyrie was going to play, you said to yourself, okay, Nets and Lakers, that's going to be fun. Now it's like, you know, hold my beer. I, yeah. <laughs> this, this isn't it. You know, it's, it's, uh, now I think people want to see like the Heat and Nuggets because the, the brothers are going to go at it. The Jokic brothers and the Morris twins. Like, right. What are we doing? What's your, all right, let me ask you, I was going to save this, but I'll ask it now. Uh, what's your prediction on what happens with this Kyrie thing? If you had to make one. Um, well, I would say that if there's no vaccine mandate change, this guy seems pretty set on not taking it. I mean, he's given us no indication otherwise. Um, and so it's just like a long drawn out stalemate. Now, I don't know if James Harden goes down, does Kyrie say I can get the shot and be the saver? I don't even think so. I just think he doesn't want to get it. And he is firmly entrenched. It would appear 
So I think it's a wasted opportunity for Kyrie and and the prime of his career and for the Nets, the the title chances for the Brooklyn Nets overall. Um, And it would take uh, a massive effort from Kevin Durant and a healthier James Harden to make them even a real, a true contender. I I get people look at them on paper and say, yeah, these names, you should have enough right there, but that is not true. Not when Harden's playing like this. No. And I worry about Durant. I really do. Me too. Because I think it's, it's an incredible gift to watch this guy play at a higher efficient level than he ever had post Achilles injury. But man, if you're banking on that and like, you know, I'm not saying like he's playing a ton of minutes. He's not playing like 40 minutes a night, but they're you tough minutes though. He's handling the ball so much. That's where I kind of it's like yeah. you shouldn't use the Ferrari to go whatever to do donuts in the parking lot. Maybe I don't know. I clearly don't have a nice car. That's uh, a good that's a good <laughs> analogy. No, that's a good analogy though. I like you know, that. You're not taking the Ferrari out to go to CVS and pick up your prescription. Right. There we go. That's a better one. <laughs> to get to go get a shot at CVS. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so it's like I'm kind of that's been my thing is I'm. I hope they that they don't wear him down because we kind of saw what it looks like last year in the playoffs against the Bucks. He had that incredible game five, game six happens, and game seven he looks great, and then kind of runs out of gas. And a lot of that's just that he's basically running the entire offense, and it's a lot of that this year. He looks great so far, but it's 82 games, which is the longest season he's played really since he, I mean, hurt his Achilles uh, by a significant margin. So it's a big load that they're putting on him. A hundred percent. And I mean, you know, look, it, could it help his MVP case? Sure. That's yeah. not the award he nor the team is playing for this year. So. Yeah. I got two more quotes I want to go through. Um, it's the, another one. This one's really interesting. I just want to ask about what the uh, – what the context of this is, I guess. Um, and this is from your article. Again, you can go read that on hoopshype.com. Uh, the quote is, in coaching, you always hope the player will at least uh, try the coach's way. Uh, and then a little bit more, you say Kyrie is, or the quote says, Kyrie is like, if this isn't going to work, I'm not going to change it. Do you get the sense that that was a problem with Kenny, with St- uh, with Steve Nash last year, or is this just like a general theme of his career? I'm just curious I, what like prompted that. Yeah, no, more uh, general in his career. Okay. Um, you know, now you got to remember, uh, without saying who I spoke to, like Kyrie played for the Cavaliers, also played for the Celtics before yep. the Nets. Um, and so it it is not just tied to his time with Brooklyn. Right. Um, you know, honestly, a lot of people, especially, you know, his first year in Brooklyn, when Durant was out, would, would actually tell you that he was pretty good. I was going to um, ask that. That was knew, my follow-up. And he knew, you know, what that season was and he took Harris under his wing and he was a good teammate, um, you know, to him and they remain close, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, he only played what, 20 games or so. So yeah. it was a shortened season at that, but, um, for that time, like he, he was pretty good from anybody you talk to with Brooklyn. Now, as far as, uh, you know, in years past, yeah, like that would be something with Kyrie where, you know, if there was something schematically that 
you know, didn't make him either look good or he would get like embarrassed on a play or something. He wasn't doing that again. And I've heard that from multiple people. So, you know, that's why that kind of was able to run. Um, and, you know, obviously Kyrie is not known as a defensive guy. As you yeah. Know, so, yeah. Do you think the stint has been like his, his best stint has been in Brooklyn so far, just in terms of like, you know, I, I mean, there's something else you mentioned in the piece just with his bad days, um, just in terms of his engagement, I guess. Um, do you feel like there's been less of those just from who, what you've talked or who you've talked to? Um, interesting question. I would say you can make a case that statistically his best year was last year because he was the most efficient. 50, yeah. 50, 40, 90. Off the court, um, you know, ironically, it might have been his first year there. Yeah. When he only played the 20 games, he was a good teammate and mentor to Karras and those guys. I think last year when he abruptly left and, you know, for personal reasons, for I think it was two and a half weeks or so, um, I think there are people around the league that saw that and it really raised eyebrows more because, mm. you know, if he didn't want to be in Boston, he didn't want to be in Boston. Fine. He got traded there. Okay. He never like signed there or anything like that. Cleveland, he got drafted to, but if you choose to go to Brooklyn, okay, that was your choice to go there and, and team up with Katie and, you know, you, you bail on the team for, you know, whatever reasons, personal reasons, whatever you, when you got a job, you got to go to work. It don't matter what's going on sometimes, you know, now you could take time away, but that's going to raise an eyebrow with people sometimes. And then this year, you know, when he didn't get this vaccine and you've got 95% of the NBA getting the vaccine, it's like, of course, Kyrie's the guy that doesn't, yeah. you know, there's people around the league that are like, <laughs> shocker, you know, yeah. they, because he's, he's left a bad taste in people's mouths when he left Cleveland, then when he left Boston. And here it's like, geez, like this team is on the, uh, on the precipice of a championship possibly as the front runner. If they're all healthy on paper coming into the year, a lot of people are talking about it. Well, they got a darn good shot, top five, three as in teams in the league. And then uh, it, it doesn't, you can't even see what it is because he won't get the vaccine. Andrew Wiggins didn't want to get it, but then he got it. You know, and you could, you know, you could flip it around and say, well, if the mandate wasn't in New York, then it wouldn't be a problem. And that's true, but it is what it is. Like everybody else on the team got it. KD got it. Harding got it. That's why they're playing. So the other thing is like, if they got it, why don't you get it? You know, that some people question that from like a friendship thing. Like how does Kevin Durant feel like deep down? Matt, deep down, yep. how does Kevin Durant feel about, you know, yeah, it's a personal decision. You got to respect it. But you came to Brooklyn with this guy to join forces to win a championship. That's what you did. You did that. So are you? how do you feel about that if you're Kevin Durant? That's the real story to me. Because you can say it's a personal choice, and sure it is. But you know deep down he's got to be disappointed. He can't go out there with his, his good friend and – he knows that it hurts their title chances. I just wonder where he feels on any feelings towards Kyrie on it. That to me, Matt, is, is the big thing because if the mandate ever changes or 
anything like that down the line or even next year, you know, you also got a guy who's got a player option. There's, there's a lot long-term even that like you would have thought would have been like kind of etched in stone. And now it's like, you don't know. Yep. You don't know. Nobody does. Yeah. The extension isn't happening. I'm curious, like what the level of dialogue is even like between KD and Kyrie right now. Like if there is one, (laughs) if there is one, because it's like, is he even, is Kyrie watching Nets games? Is he, does, I mean, and like my my thing I also want to know is like, does he want to play NBA basketball? Like, I I think he enjoys the big moments, playoffs and and things like that. But like the entire, I don't know, the drama of it, the, the, just the, the length of the season, the ebbs and flows of it. I'm just, That'll be something I'm watching for. Does he want to play in the NBA and go through that? Um, and, and does he still have that passion for it? I mean, time will tell, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, you know, he was saying on Instagram Live that time, you know, you don't think I want to play with my teammates and nothing compete for a championship. It's like, well, uh, you know, all right. We'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll yeah. see. I, you know, Kyrie is such a – polarizing figure like I don't, I don't think some people would be shocked if he retired early you know it's it's been kicked around like do i see Kyrie pl- irving playing till he's like 36 7 eh, i don't know yeah no it's it's uh it's a lot in the air um i'm gonna spring one thing on you i lied i, I am gonna spring something on you um you mentioned you know it was in a piece of i think a month back about nicholas claxton that he was sure executives were surprised to learn that he was a little bit available, that the Nets were taking calls. A, is that still the case? B, what do you think his value is right now? Because he's had a tough start to the year with this non-COVID illness and uh, just not really looking comfortable on this team. Sure. When it comes to Nick, I mean, over the years, anytime a rival scout or executive had been there, they would always keep tabs on Nick. Um, early in in practices, uh, you know, shoot arounds and stuff. And, you know, other teams and execs would even ask me and others, you know, background on him and as far as what uh, he had looked like. So I definitely think there's interest there. Now, I think teams realize with the Nets, um, he's boxed in a little bit into his role. He's obviously on the title contender with other teams. He probably handled the ball more at the top of the key, maybe do some dribble handoffs, things along those lines, maybe even shoot the ball more uh, and stretch the floor and shown like little flashes of that here and there. In terms of his overall value, I don't think the first couple of games move the needle either way. Mm-hmm. I think there's intrigue, um, but the problem is his salary is so low. It's kind of hard to match salaries with that. Yeah. Get something productive. Now, if you were going to give up a pick, maybe, because you have the opportunity to make him a restricted free agent. But I think ultimately, if Nick's Clax, Nicholas Claxton is going to get traded, it would be in a package. I don't think it'd be like a one-for-one thing uh, for for a notable player. If he does not get traded, then I expect uh, I would expect him to get some offers on the restricted free agent market because the market's going to be a little bit dry. There's not going to be top-heavy guys out there. I think if you're smart – you're a team that's looking at guys that are younger who can maybe um, add something to your team. You know, Miles Bridges, not 
a household name necessarily, but he's going to be one of the top guys on the market and he'll be restricted. So, you know, it's interesting to see um, how that market plays out. Hopefully for Nicholas Claxton, Miles Bridges and those guys, it does not end up the way like Lowry Markinen and those guys did. Cause I don't think any of them, any of the restricted free agents got an offer sheet. They either had to figure it out with their own team or do a sign and trade. Devontae Graham was one of those guys as well. Do you think, the ultimate outcome is probably he's just going to test restricted free agency just because it's so hard to trade him. Yeah, that's my gut as of now. Mm. And then with the Nets TPEs, uh, the trade exceptions, um, which you're, I, I don't know if you've done any reporting on this, but do you, do you think those will get used at all? Because I think that's another thing that fans are watching for. It's just something I think in the back of people's minds. But certainly... I think it's, it's got to be a noteworthy player, Matt, because it, yeah. listen, like. The Nets are spending a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but it's also yep. like um, you're not going to waste those on guys that aren't really going to move the needle. So yep. I, I always look, to me, I look at the Nets, Lakers, teams like that, the buyout markets, their time. Right. Um, any buyout guys, I guess that's a good that's a good uh, segue. Any buyout guys we should be looking out for? Uh, a little too early. I mean, I yep. think. Thaddeus Young is a guy that would get traded. If he surprisingly did not get traded, then I would say him. But again, I think he's going to get traded. He's not playing right now for the Spurs. He's like picking up DNPs. Yeah, I mean. He's too good for this. What are we doing here? (laughs) They've got a different agenda right now. I think they want to win for Pop to get the record and then go the rebuild route. Um, You know, Will Hardy's a guy that, I pre- I think it was like a year, last summer. Uh, touched on as a guy that could be a, his replacement, and mm. um, you know a lot of time before that, but something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, well, that's a that's a big name. I mean, he I, obviously history with the Nets, and that would be a great fit. But uh, yeah, it's another be another guy that's like coming into a crowded front court that can't necessarily uh, space the floor. He's a really good player, but. Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know if the, I mean, the Nets would pursue him, but. Oh, I just meant, yeah, in general. I, yeah. I, I think they'd have to look at it. Um, Yeah, but you know what, Matt, then again, did DeAndre Jordan need to be the third center with the Lakers? Right, right. You know, right. It, it's just, it's all about stacking the chips in the center yep. of the table. Um, well, that's pretty much everything I got. I wanted to let you plug away anything you've got coming out. I actually know for a fact you have something coming out that's pretty exciting. <laughs> um, yeah. Just talking with you today. <laughs> but, but before, uh, Recording this podcast with you, I didn't record a podcast with Indiana Pacers center Miles Turner. Uh, a lot of fun, uh, interesting insight from him on his goals this year and with the team long term, and uh, what to look for with Karis Levert coming back for Nets fans and, and mm. TJ Warren. A lot of fun. Uh, Miles is a really good guy and a fun interview. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Look, look for that coming out uh, soon enough for the next edition of the Hoops High podcast with yours truly. Well, that sounds terrific. I'll be checking that out when it comes out. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. I hope to have you on soon. And everybody, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe on your preferred streaming platform. Leave a rating, and I will talk.